0: So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. I feel like most cities in the Bay Area have treated homeless encampments kind of like a game of whack-a-mole. A A camp gets cleared out and then pops up somewhere else the next day. So now that San Jose has mostly cleared out one of its largest homeless encampments yet on the flight path of the Mineta San
1: Jose International Airport, you gotta wonder where folks have ended up. There's just so much demand and there isn't enough supply. There are not enough housing units to get all of these folks housed. And this is just one encampment of many in San Jose.
0: Only a fraction of the up to 500 people who lived near the airport have been moved into housing. Today, why San Jose just cleared out one of its largest homeless encampments and where everyone's gone. What did this encampment that we're talking about today look like?
1: Almost apocalyptic in the sense that everyone is living in these makeshift structures or in their trailers. Jenna Cotta
0: covers San Jose City Hall for the San Jose Spotlight.
1: This has been an encampment for years. Some folks have been living there for over 10 years. So it's colloquially called Columbus Park, even though it's It's right next to Columbus Park. Some folks also call it the FAA site. And it's in downtown San Jose, right behind the San Jose uh, Mineta International Airport. Every 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you're hearing a plane come in. So it's all the time. It was a place that you could park for a long time and police wouldn't bother you. So a lot of people did have their trailers or their cars parked on that dried grass lot and stayed there. Other people created their own shelters. Some person even used an old school bus. The conditions at the camp were pretty difficult. Earlier this year, the city had removed some of the trash cans and dumpsters that it had around the encampment. And it created this rat infestation that didn't exist there before. And it had gone through everyone's stuff and and the rats were ruthless and eating the wires and cushions of people's cars. Things are kind of broken down. People tried for the most part to keep it clean, but how much can you do when you're living outside? And at its peak, there was 400 to 500 people in this 40-acre lot. That's arguably the largest in San Jose. Well, I want
0: to get now into the sweep of this encampment. This was possibly the largest encampment in San Jose, as you were just mentioning. Why has it been cleared up and how did this start?
1: Yeah, so it started last year. The city started sweeping after getting a letter from the Federal Aviation Administration threatening to withhold millions if they didn't clear the site. These are based on the amount of passengers, so it's an estimate, but roughly $30 million San Jose could miss out on. Okay. So San Jose felt like it had no choice. In September and October of last year, that's when they swept half of it, but it kept getting repopulated. They swept it six times. Oh, wow. and people would just keep coming back. Then the city invested in fences and other stuff to kind of keep people out. Uh, And in the summer and now in September, that's when the city really kind of hammered down and started sweeping with more intensity.
0: I feel like sweeps like these are usually very, very chaotic. And you've been actually going to uh, this encampment throughout the course of the last several months. What has it been like to go to those?
1: It's really heartbreaking to see people watch their stuff being destroyed. On the first day, I saw a man run in and out of his shelter, trying to get whatever he could and put it in this shopping cart. He got very emotional because the most important thing, which is what he spent most of his money on, his car, was going to be taken by the city because it doesn't start. He can't drive it off of the lot. But that was the thing that was keeping him safe from you know, the elements of living on the street. It's a really desperate and surprisingly quiet situation. All you hear is the construction, the bulldozer, whatever it may be. Um, Everyone else is just sadly watching what's happening.
0: Tell us where to go, where we won't be harassed by the police, where we can live it, you know, safely until either a housing program comes through or we get back on our feet.
1: Kelly Goodman is a woman who has been living around Columbus Park for 12 years, but she's been homeless for 19. And not everybody out here is a criminal. I am clean and sober. I'm out here because I got divorced. I lost my dad and I lost him. She fell into homelessness after getting out of an abusive relationship. Before that, she was a nurse. She's seen the area near Columbus Park, which is that FAA site, and balloon during the pandemic.
0: And what did she tell you about what it's been like to lose that space?
1: I think the biggest loss for her and other folks who are living there is it breaks down a community as well. These are my friends. These are, these are people that I connected with and I don't want them to lose everything. Right. You know, when you live somewhere for a year, let alone 12 years, you grow very close to the people around you. And when a sweep happens, everyone has to kind of go their separate ways and you know, every man for himself. And so you lose that and you have to start over in so many different ways.
0: Where is she now?
1: Kelly moved into an affordable housing site On San Pedro one of our reporters was actually able to go in and and do that experience with her so she was excited to take a shower and then lay in bed and
0: she was one of the lucky ones it sounds like
1: she was one of the lucky ones yeah she got housing
0: what is the city doing like what has its plan been for the hundreds of people who have been camped out there
1: Yeah, so the city's priority has always been to house them. In fact, the city has asked for an extension for the FAA deadline twice, but there just isn't enough housing. It's hard to know exactly, but at its peak, uh, there were 400 to 500 people living there, depending on who you ask and city data says they've housed over 130 people. The city had also said that it was going to focus efforts on helping people fix their trailers or their vehicles. A lot of folks had their stuff ruined after a rat infestation kind of went through the whole camp, and those rats were eating up their wires and eating through their cars, but only 14 cars have been fixed, so And there's roughly like 150 RVs or trailers and stuff like that.
0: Wow. So, I mean, that sounds like just fractions of the folks who live there got really any help from the city. What happened to the other people who've been
1: cleared out? Most of the folks, because they've had nowhere else to go and they have these trailers, they've actually just moved a few feet over to a city-owned baseball lot. And so you have now dozens of RVs parked in this lot four to five feet away from each other. A sweep there is inevitable almost because it's actually quite dangerous to be living so close to each other with that many trailers, no exit, right? It's fenced. Mm. But it's a temporary solution for many of the folks who have no idea where they're going to go.
0: What about the city? What did they say about the help that they're providing, do they acknowledge that it's not enough or do they think what they're doing is enough?
1: They're pretty sober about the reality, right? That there's just, there's just so much demand and there isn't enough supply. There are not enough housing units to get all of these folks housed. And this is just one encampment of many in San Jose.
0: So I wanna talk about what's next The deadline to clear the encampment is September 30. What does the encampment look like now?
1: So surprisingly, the city was pretty quick with their sweeps. They've swept now the entire 40-acre lot. There's only one person living there now, but there are a good amount of RVs and cars and campers parked around it, which is what the city is sweeping now. Can you
0: tell me about that one person who's left there his name is
1: Rudy Ortega, and he is suing the city and seeking a temporary restraining order to prevent being swept and to protect his private property.
0: KTV South Bay reporter LaMonica Peters live tonight in San Jose. LaMonica, he's taking his case to court tomorrow. That's right, and he told me that he feels like his constitutional rights have been violated, so he's asking a judge to temporarily stop them from moving his things so he can find some place to go. And this is the only place where we're, we're not in your neighborhoods. We're not in your backyard. We're not in your... You have to come out to see us.
1: The main issue for him is that his camper, the wheels are broken. And there's a other, couple other problems with it. And his Buick, which is tra- attached to the camper, was also destroyed by the rats there.
0: They promised to fix my vehicle. My vehicle is inoperable. I can't get that thing out of here. And I need time. But they're already threatened to demolish it.
1: So he can't drive his stuff off the lot. And if he can't drive it off the site, then it gets taken away. And so he thinks that's unfair because it's his private property. He's trying to protect his stuff. A judge did hear his his case and instead of following Grout with a restraining order, actually decided to do an informal mediation and has been helping Mr. Ortega work with the city to get his trailer fixed so that it could at least be taken off the site. And then, you know, he can figure out where he wants to go after that.
0: I mean, Why do you think Rudy has decided to go down this route and, and take this fight to court?
1: He felt like he had no other options. He's been waiting for a long time to get his stuff fixed. And despite calling and trying to advocate for himself and other folks in the encampment advocating for him. It hasn't gone anywhere.
0: My caseworker only contacted me once and said, oh, you're gonna go into a motel that same day? Oh, I still have a trailer here. Hello, what am I supposed to do? Just leave it here? Yeah, leave it here. No, I'm not gonna leave it here. This
1: is, I, this is my money, my hard money.
0: What's next for this space? Uh, what does the city plan to do with it?
1: As I mentioned before, the city had had to resweep this area multiple times. So one of its strategies to ensure that an encampment will not happen there again is to create a garden or a park there. They're calling it Guadalupe Gardens. It's going to have a dog park, they're thinking about pickleball courts. You have some folks advocating for a roller rink since San Jose doesn't have an outdoors outdoor roller rink and even an area just for flowers and and stuff like that. Hmm. So what's next
0: then for all the folks who lived at this encampment? How are they thinking and and talking with you about what's next for them?
1: A lot of people really just don't know. They are going to go maybe further into the creek. They're going to go drive to other places that they know the police don't visit that often, so they can park there for a while. And... They're going to, I guess, keep trying to get housing and work with these housing providers. But um, yeah, I, I think the general feeling, though, is I don't know. I'm just going to figure it out. But for now, they're staying at that baseball field. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks are. And that is being organized by one of the advocates. So maybe there'll be a push afterwards to keep all of these people together, or find another place for all of them to park their cars.
0: I mean, this was, uh, as we've been talking about, possibly the largest encampment in the Bay Area's largest city. What do you think this story says about the state of our housing and homelessness crisis across the region?
1: I think it highlights that the homelessness issue in our region is continuously growing at such a fast pace that these other efforts that cities are doing The efforts to put in, you know, interim housing or prefab housing, project home key, it's just not enough. San Jose housed 6,000 people and homelessness still went up by 11%. The cities, the counties, the state just can't keep up. It's a deeper problem, I think, than just not enough housing either, right? These are This is an economic issue. People cannot afford to live here.
0: Well, Jenna, thank you so much for sharing your reporting with us. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is a really important issue in San Jose, so it's great to kind of highlight what's going on. That was
0: Jenna Cara, a reporter covering San Jose City Hall for the San Jose Spotlight. To find more of Jenna's coverage of San Jose, go follow her on Twitter at... J-A-N-A underscore K-A-D-A-H. This 30-minute conversation with Jenna was cut and edited by Alan Montesilio. Producer Maria Eskinka scored this one and added all the tape. The interviews that you heard with Rudy Ortega was from an interview with KTVU's LaMonica Peters. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Peace.